number 14 we are reading from verse number 25 to 33 Luke chapter number 14 verse number 25 through to 4, uh, 33 the Bible says that now the great multitudes went with, them, with him and he turned and said to them if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother yes his own life also he cannot be my disciple Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation, he is not able to finish. And all who see it begin to mock at him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, does not sit first and consider whether he's able to, with 10,000, to meet him who comes with 20,000. Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever does not forsake all that he has, cannot be my disciple. Here ends the reading of his holy word. All right. So we are in between extravagant worship and uh, sacrifice. Okay, we are going to the month of sacrifice, which starts from, is it tomorrow? Friday. All right. So I, I was thinking about it and I I said, why don't we combine the two? Sacrifice and worship, or sacrifice and praise. So, we want to talk about a subject I entitled, Offering a Sacrifice of Praise. Offering a Sacrifice of Praise. Hallelujah. And we've just read um, Jesus saying that anyone who comes to him must forsake his father, his mother, his wife, his children, brothers, sisters, and even his own life. If you don't take up the cross, you cannot follow. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 38 and 39, it says that he who comes, he who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who come, finds his life will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Hallelujah. So, we are going to start our journey of offering a sacrifice of praise. I was wondering why uh, the Bible says in so many places, a sacrifice of praise. How can praise be a sacrifice? How many have wondered that with me? How can praise be a sacrifice? So, I was looking at the book that really explains or mediates between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And that's the book of Hebrews. If you want to know how to transition from the Old Testament into New Testament worship, or you want to get an explanation from the Old Testament into the New Testament, then the book of Hebrews is your book, your go-to book. I know it's a very difficult book because it's trying to marry the old order and the new order. So sometimes when you read it, you might not understand it. But if you can get maybe a simplified um, Bible, language Bible, it will help you to understand what he's saying. So let's look at worship in Hebrews. That's Hebrews chapter 13 
from verse 15 to 17. So we are going to look at how worship was in the Old Testament and how worship is in the New Testament. Hallelujah. So in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 to 17, the Bible says that through him, therefore let us offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. Hallelujah. Do not neglect to do good, to contribute to the needy of the church as an expression of fellowship. For such sacrifices are always pleasing to God. Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, recognizing their authority over you, for they are keeping watch over you, over your souls, and continually guarding your spiritual welfare as those who will give account of their stewardship of you. Let them do this with joy and do not grieve, not, and not with grief and groans, for this would not benefit you. Hallelujah. Amen. But the, the verse 15 is what I want you to look at. He says that through him, somebody say through him. Through him, therefore, let us, let us all at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. Hallelujah. So if you're a student of the Bible, the first thing you want to tackle is sacrifice. What does it mean to sacrifice? What is sacrifice? Now, in the Hebrew, can I do a little bit of Bible school? In the Hebrew, the word sacrifice comes from the, the root word korban. That's C-O-K-O-R-B-A-N, which literally means drawing near. So, if you see the Bible is divided into Hebrew, that's the Old Testament, and Greek. So, the translation of the Old Testament, the Torah, was done in original Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek. Are you with me? So when you get a translation from the Greek, it may not necessarily marry the, um, what's it called? The, 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 the Old Testament. Are you with me? All right. So it says, sacrifice is what? In the Greek, in the Hebrew is what? Draw, korban, which means draw near. All right? And in the Greek, it comes from the word thusa. That's T-H-U-S-A-I. Which literally means to kill or to slaughter for a purpose. So think about this with me. Draw near in the Hebrew. That is korban, to draw near. And in the Greek, it says to kill or to slaughter for a religious purpose, a divine purpose. Are you getting what I'm saying? So in the, in the uh, Old Testament, anytime anybody sacrificed anything, it drew them closer to God. 
Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? If you see the, 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 um, what, the temple that God designed for Moses to build, he says that you come from the outer court, isn't it, to the inner court. From the holy place to the holy of holies. Isn't that right? And each one, each level, when you move from one place to the other, there's an, a, an altar that is there called the brazen altar. And you need to put a sacrificial animal on there to sacrifice before you can move from that place to the next place. And when you're moving from the next place to the, other, the next place, you have to sacrifice. Am I making sense? So every time you are drawing closer, it comes with sacrifice. You cannot get to God without sacrificing something. Am I making sense? Anytime you are coming to God, you have to you sacrifice something. You see, anybody God ever worked with in the Old Testament, God asked them to sacrifice something. Hallelujah. Abraham had to sacrifice. How many remember? Abraham was asked to sacrifice his son Isaac. You get it. Moses had to sacrifice. He had to run away. He had to become a fugitive. Everybody had to pay a certain price to draw them closer to God. And in the book we just read, Hebrews, it says that when we are sacrificing, in the olden days we had to use uh, sheep, bulls, cows, and whatever, animals to sacrifice to God. But now the sacrifice that God is desiring from you and I is the fruit of our lips. Are you with me? And then when we read on, he says that, and don't forget to do good to people. To give offering to the poor. Remember we talked about worship. That worship is not just singing. Worship is not just giving uh, uh, whatever, praise to God. But worship also means that you have to give. Giving is also worship. Are you with me? Come with me to Genesis. Let's look at the sacrifice that Abraham had to make. Genesis 22. Now it came to pass after the... It's okay to do a little bit of Bible teaching. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here, here I am. And he said, take your only son, your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled a donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his, his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to the young man, stay here with the donkey. The Lord and I will go yonder to worship. Did you get it? He didn't say to sacrifice. He said the, 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 the Lord and I will go yonder to worship because it takes sacrifice to worship. Am I making sense? And 
will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife. And the two of them went together. Hallelujah. Are you getting the picture? So this, this man and his son are going because God has instructed him. Somebody said, I don't know how far it's true, but it makes sense. Somebody said that when Isaac was born and um, Sarah was rejoicing over the fact that in her old age she has given birth to a son. And uh, Hagar and uh, uh, Ishmael were laughing. In fact, Ishmael was laughing. So uh, Sarah said, send this bond woman away. So now the bond woman and the child are gone. And this man is an old man. And the woman is also an old woman. And they have a little baby boy. And so all the attention that the man could master and the woman could master was on the child. So they were devoted and devoting all their love and everything to the child. And how many know that God is a jealous God? So God says that, no, take this, your son, that you are so fond of, and take him to one of the mountains that I'll show you and go and sacrifice him. Because you cannot, nothing can compete with God for your attention. For I am the Lord and you shall have no other God besides me. Is it one of the commandments? All right. So, here is the man going to sacrifice his only son. And what he says to his servant is that I and the Lord will go yonder to worship. Remember Hebrew says that don't forget to give the sacrifice to God which is the fruit of your lips. Are you getting it? So sacrifice is our worship. All right. And so we are going to look at why sacrifice worship is sacrifice. But before I do that, I, I, I want you to be convinced that to worship God is something that we ought to do to draw us closer to God. Are you with me? So when you come to church, singing is not one of the routines that we do. Uh, I don't know whether you get to what I'm saying. Praise and worship is not one of the routines. It is one of the ways to draw closer. It says, draw closer to me and I will draw closer to you. Amen. And the only way we can draw closer to him is to pay the sacrifice as it was in the tabernacle that you have to, from the outer court, you have to put an animal on the brazen altar. Amen. And on the, uh, I wish we don't have the, the, the TVs are not working today. I would have shown you that when you see the brazen altar, you see also the basin that you've got to wash your hands. Are you with me? He says that let us lay aside every weight and sin because God is holy. So if anyone comes to God with, with sin, they will not see God. So you have to sacrifice 
you have to purge yourself before you can go to the next place. Am I making sense? And then when you get to the inner court, you have to go into the holy place. You have to do the same thing. So you don't say the, the first sacrifice has paid the price throughout. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you come to church, singing is not, oh, we are waiting for the pastor to come and preach. So we are just, we just, you know, go outside and make phone calls. And then when the music is finished, then you come in and come and sing. Because now we are coming to hear the, we are now coming to the presence of the Lord. You have missed it. Because those who have worsh- are worshipping have paid the price and they've drawn closer, but you haven't. Am I making sense? Okay. I, I really, I'm taking my time to explain this because I want you to understand that sacrifice, uh, worship is sacrifice. Amen. And remember what we said that anyone that comes to which of you, Jesus was saying, which of you going intending to build a house does not first count the cost to see whether he has enough. Otherwise, they start and they cannot finish. Do you, do you get it? And he was talking about paying the price. Hallelujah. So, that price is the price that you have to pay to come close. Like you go to any, let's say you go to a, a theater or something, there's something called the gate fee. It has to be paid. If you don't pay the gate fee, what happens? You can't go in. Let's say you go to the stadium and uh, you are refusing to pay because you are part of those that built the stadium. So they should let you in for free. What's going to happen? They'll kick you out. They will say, no, you cannot. So before you leave the house to go and watch a football match, you must first count the cost to see whether you have enough money to pay the price. Is that making sense? Otherwise, when you get to the uh, ticketing box and you cannot pay, people will look at you and they will laugh at you. Then you left home. Maybe you live in London and you want to go and see a football match in Manchester. You've paid the coach or whatever. You go to uh, uh, the, the bypass or whatever the place is, the stop and you ate KFC, and you got to another stop, and then you had something else to eat, and you've gone all the way from London all the way to Manchester. Now you are the ticketing box, and your money is finished. You are, you are at Old Trafford, and you cannot enter. It will be a shame, won't it? So he's saying that count the cost in London before you set off. So that you'll be able to go and complete the mission. Amen. And he says that when you come to the house of God, come to offer up a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of your lips. So you must count it before you come. So your praise is not dependent on the music. Your praise is not dependent on the projection. Because anything can happen. You can come to the church and there's no projection or there is no music. But if you are somebody who has counted the sacrifice from home, you have brought your own worship. You've brought your own worship. You don't need anybody 
to encourage you to worship. Am I making sense? Yeah. So, we need to understand that it is a sacrifice. Okay, now let's look at five reasons. If I can give five, maybe I'll give two or three. I don't know. But the reason, why is it a, a sacrifice? Why is praise and worship a sacrifice? Why is praise and worship a sacrifice? Number one, the first reason why praise and worship is a sacrifice is that it is not every time you feel like singing. How many will agree with me? Oh, you are not minding me. We read the scripture in Acts 16. Bible says that, and they held, I think from verse 20, 22, 23, Paul and Silas, do you remember the story? Trying to find it in my Bible. Hold on. Acts 16, is it? My Bible doesn't want to come on. All right. Verse as 16, verse 16. No, let's, let, I don't want to read all of it. Okay, let's go to verse 20. It says that, and they brought them into the magistrate and said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city and to teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans to receive and observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrate tore their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into the prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet with stocks. But at midnight, somebody said, at midnight. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Amen. They were offering a sacrifice of praise, which was the fruit of their lips, after being beaten. Can you, can you, can you imagine the picture? They've been beaten severely, and they sit down, and they realize that they need to offer God a sacrifice. Hallelujah. So they begin to offer God as him, as fruit of their lips. They were just singing worship. In Psalm 137, the Bible says that by the rivers of Babylon, where we sat down, and there we wept when we remembered Zion. We hung our Harps on the willows. Because how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Now, Jerusalem had been taken captive. 
and their captors had led them to the river by the rivers of Babylon. And our oppressors and our captors required of us a song. And then we said, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Because when we think about the problems we are going through, when we think about the bills that have not been paid, when we think about the uh, bailiffs that have written to us, when we think of the, the threatening letters we have received, maybe we are sacked this morning and we have come to the house of God and they say we should come and worship. How can I sing the Lord's song in a strange land? So what did they do? They hung their harps. Hallelujah. These guys were beaten. Oh. Somebody showed me a, 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 a video of grown men crying as if they've lost their ball. <laughs> Stop laughing. Hallelujah. It is not easy to sacrifice and sing worship when you are suffering. How many know that life, life has lashes that it always constantly gives? Life will smack you all the time. And that is why worship is a sacrifice. Because if everything is easy and nice in your life, and you have been promoted and everything is working, it's easy to sing. How many understand that? It's easy to sing when you are winning. But how can you sing when you are losing? So they start throwing things and killing people. Because it's easier to kill when you are angry. Can you understand what I'm saying? That is what makes worship a sacrifice. It's not easy because it's not every day that you'll be up. There are times that you feel very low. And when you come to the house of God, you don't feel like doing anything. Do, do you get it? You don't feel like doing anything. It's not every time you feel like giving in the church. You come and say, let's take an offering. Then you go into your pocket and you're like, meanwhile, you, life will happen to everybody. The bills will always pile. You will get threatening letters. I don't care how rich you are. Are you with me? You don't think that when you get millions of pounds, money problems will finish. Don't think so. Because money problems follow you from every step, from when you're earning 100 pounds a month to when you're earning 100,000 pounds a month, bills will always follow you. And money will not be enough. Because Bible says that when goods are increased, increase are they that consume it. So don't think that when you get a better job, life will be easier. It's not true. <laughs> so learn to be happy with whatever you have. Paul says, I have learned to abound and I have learned to abase. I've learned in all circumstances to be content with what I have. So when I'm rich, I'm all right. When I'm poor, I'm all right. I'm all right. And, and I, I think Peter says that godliness with contentment is great gain. When you can be content with whatever you have. But life is like that. We are never content. The economists will tell you that 
our desires are insatiable, but our resources are limited. Isn't that true? Which means that your money will never be enough for what you desire. Those who have money, they want more money. Hallelujah. They want more money so they can do more things. I had one person decided to renovate the whole stadium for a game that they lost. <laughs> and when they lost, they tore up the stadium. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> hmm. That is why you shouldn't help poor people. Though. Because poor people, the reason why they are poor is because their minds don't work right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Let's look at the scripture, 137, Psalm 137. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, we wept, and when we remembered Zion, we hung our harps on the willows in the midst of it. For there we were carried away captive. Our captors required of us a song, and those who plundered us requested mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Then verse 5 says that, if I forget you, Oh, Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skills. What he's saying is that I didn't want to sing the Lord's song in a strange land. Nevertheless, if I decide to forget God and not give him praise, let my right hand forget its skills. If I do not remember you, let my tongue cling to the roof of my tongue. My mouth. If I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy. Hallelujah. He's saying that I have made a certain vow. That if I forget you, let my right hand paralyze. What it means to forget a skill means that to be paralyzed. That you cannot hold anything. You cannot do anything anymore. Or if my, my tongue will not sing. Let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth and not work anymore. Which means that I am bound by my own word to offer up a sacrifice of praise to the Lord, which is the fruit of our lips. Hallelujah. Are you getting why it is not easy to always praise the Lord and worship? Because life will bring suffering. In our, on our way. Then number two is that sometimes we get too blessed. Abundance also makes us very proud. And when we become proud, we don't want to sacrifice and sing. How many understand that? Rich people are too blessed to worship God. That is why worship of God is left to poor people. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus said that the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to who? To the poor. The gospel is always reserved to the poor because the rich people don't have any need for it. Because 99.9% .9 of every need can be bought with money. 
How many agree with that? Sometimes the reason why we make a lot of prayer requests is because we don't have money. <laughs> you just, you just list your prayer topics you pray every day. If you had 10 billion, it will cancel off all your prayer topics. <laughs> How many agree with that? Because if it's health, you can buy it with money. Yeah. <laughs> this man, he wants to put me in trouble. <laughs> Amen. So abundance has a way of also bringing us into a place where we cannot even Praise God. So in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 12, he says that, Then beware, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. He says that when you become rich and you are prosperous, beware, lest you forget. Which means that there's a tendency to forget when we, we, we become blessed. Amen. There's a tendency to forget God and his his um, importance in your life. Amen. How many understand that? It is very, very important that we don't get too blessed to, to praise and worship God. It's a, it's a shame. I've seen it happen so many times. People will worship, will be in the choir, will be in the prayer department, will be in the ashes when they are single, when they don't have any job. The day they get blessed, somebody marries them and they give birth. That is the last day you see them singing. Because now they are too blessed to sing and worship. They are too busy. You get promoted, now you don't come to church anymore. Because it's like, I have too many meetings. Now you, weekday service is not part of your routine anymore. Because you are too blessed. You are too promoted. Yeah. Sunday mornings when, when you go and play golf with your directors. The director bodies, the group. They play golf Sunday morning. Yeah. Then you come and give us a lot of reasons. Big, big reasons. Big words. But I'm waiting to see a, a millionaire coming to Hoover the, and uh, clean the house of God. Like David, he says that I'd rather be a doorkeeper. And he's the king. He's very wealthy. But he says, I'd rather be a... That is why David was a man after God's own heart. That is why he's the different breed. Because the guy will worship when he's is not even in the place. You see, the reason why Michal could criticize him, because are you are the king. Are you dancing like that in front of everybody? As a king, as somebody who is prospered, as somebody who has abundance, you have to have you have to have decorum, isn't it? You have to have a certain airs and graces around you. You don't behave like a commoner. Leave the common people to sing and dance, but you you have to show some. Now that you have the ring on your finger, Lord, we praise you, for you are worthy, Jesus. We praise your holy name. We don't. 
I, I don't see these days. But in those days, when they, when they have their wedding ring, now all the song is on the left-hand side. <laughs> when they were, they, were, they were not married, the song was always on the right. <laughs> Hallelujah. So number three, the reason why, the third reason why it is difficult to worship is the mundane, mundane. When the mundane happens, the day-to-day, nothing has happened. You are not rich. You are not broke. But it's just routine. Like today, you are come, you've come from work, you've come from lectures, you are tired. It's not that you are broke, it's not that you are rich. It's just something that we have to do every, every Wednesday. Something we have to do every Friday. Something we have to do every Sunday. Sometimes you ask yourself, why am I doing it? How many can understand that? It's just routine. And sometimes the routine can make us become lethargic. We can become very, very, you know, like bored. Or we don't even see the need. Like today, things are not working around. Why do we have to sing? Can we not skip the singing and just go straight to the word? How many understand what I'm saying? The mundane. The mundane. But you need to sacrifice to meet the requirements. Am I making sense? We need to sacrifice to meet the requirement because it is part of our worship. We don't just come to church and not have to worship. Amen. So, number one is what? Sorry? It's not every time because when you are suffering, when this life happens, it's not easy to sing. How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange night? Number two, when you become too blessed. Number three, sorry? Mundane and routine. Amen. Number four, it's because worship is a command. In Hebrews uh, 13, verse 15, it says, Therefore, by him, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Amen. A command does not include your feeling. Isn't it true? If I say stand, what would you do? You stand up. Does it include whether you feel like standing? Does it include whether you're happy? Does it include whether you have eaten? It could be you have eaten the whole day and you don't have any energy. But stand is a, is a, ver- is a, is a verb, isn't it? It's a doing word. It's a command. It says do something. You have to do it. Hallelujah. And that is what makes it a sacrifice. Because there are times, like we've seen, it's not every time you feel like worshiping. It's not every time you feel like giving. It's not every time you feel like praising. It's not every time you feel like singing. Are you with me? One day I said to my wife, anytime any beggar asks you for money, give it to the person. And I, I, oh, you know, some people, because of, I said, don't, don't, it's not because of whatever. Just do it. Hallelujah. A command does not include your feeling. It does not include the bat. There's no B-U-T in a command. 
In the army, they say what? Obey before what? Complain. So in the army, they don't give you any leeway to compromise. They say, do you do? Amen. And sacrifice is do. We just read in the scriptures where God says to Abraham, take your only son to the, one of the mountains and sacrifice him. Was it negotiated? Was there any negotiation there? Why? It's a command. Hallelujah. If the same God we serve told Abraham, go and sacrifice your only son, do you think that in your case he will come and negotiate with you? Abigail, what do you think? No, 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 no. You are, you are too beautiful. You are more beautiful than, than Abraham. So <laughs> your case will be different. No, it's not. Hallelujah. The price is always the same. Am I making sense? The price with God is always the same. If he said to Abraham, go and sacrifice your only, because, your only son, Isaac, he will say to you, sacrifice. Amen. Otherwise, it won't be fair. So, praise is a, is a command. So, don't join the singers in Babylon and say, that, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land when things are not working? Hallelujah. Are we, are we blessed? All right. Let me give one last one. We can go home with that. It takes real humility to praise. It takes real humility to praise. That's why praise is a sacrifice. Amen. In Psalm 51, verse 16 and 17, the Bible says that, For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I will give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, this, oh God, you will not despise. Amen. So the psalm was just telling us that the type of sacrifice that God likes and accepts is a broken and a contrite spirit, which is the opposite of a proud and a contentious look. Amen. And that is what makes it a sacrifice because it doesn't matter how rich you are. How poor you are. When you come to the house of God, you have to sacrifice. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? You know, when you have a, 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 a not so good looking type of clothes where, and you have to kneel or lie down, it's easy. But when you've just bought some, maybe like a 5,000 pounds suit, you know, and you've bought some thousands of pound shoes and you have to lie down. You know, those who have certain shoes, you have to walk like that. <laughs> because you can't, you can't let it crease in the middle. So you have to walk in a certain way, like a duck. You know, when, when you come and you have to kneel down, 
When you come, you have to prostrate. It's not easy. You know, when you have done the most beautiful makeup that took so long to do, and then some tears are trying to come. What do you do? You catch it in between the eyeball and the eyelid. <laughs> How many? Not you, but you know somebody who knows somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. But if we are going to worship God, then we should make sure that we don't have pride. Amen. Life will fill you with pride. How many know that? Like today, Pastor Sam is filled with pride. Because today he got his doctorate degree. Do you know what it takes to get doctorate? You know how many years of schooling you have to do? <laughs> yeah. So if you look at your nomenclatures and you have to come with your degree and throw your degree down and kneel and worship, you have to have a certain heart. Maybe in your whole family bloodline, nobody has gone past uh, what, high school. <laughs> and you have gone, not just high school, you've gone through what do you call it? First degree? Second degree? Maybe you have some two masters? And then PhD? When they called him and he was going to collect his thing, he was feeling very, very posh. And then when he collected his, uh, his certificate, he took off his hat and made it somewhere. He said, hey, those of us who haven't got PhD, <laughs> do you know how it means to take off your hat and put it back on? So I was with somebody and I told the person, you to your time, when your time comes, make sure that, that you have some backup here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Pastor Sam had his backup. Uh, I won't go there. I'll be a Christian and not go there. <laughs> Amen. So, my sacrifice, oh God, according to um, David in Psalm 51, is a broken and a contrite heart, which you, the God, will not despise. Amen. He says that when I come to you, I am a king, but I'm not coming as a king. I am wealthy, but I'm not coming as a wealthy person. I'm coming as a sinner who has just been forgiven. I'm coming broken. It's a sacrifice to forget everything and concentrate on the Lord. Amen. Because that is what God demands and desires from us. When he comes to Abraham and says to Abraham, take your son and go and sacrifice him. Does he not know that that's the only son left? Because Hagar and Ishmael have disappeared on the face of the earth. Abraham knows it. But he says that if that is what you want, that is what I am prepared to give. Assuming when he put the boy on the wood, God didn't say anything. And assuming when he lifted up the knife to kill the boy, God didn't say anything. What do you think Abraham would have done? He would have gone through with it. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? 
When we come to the house of God, God is looking at our heart to see what is inside of our heart. Today, I don't feel like praising. Maybe the praise and worship leader has annoyed you. <laughs> so you don't feel like singing alongside them. But lay everything aside and come broken. Concentrate on him and worship him. Stand to your feet.